0: Welcome to the Deep Light Podcast from Park City's Presbyterian Church. This is a space for community, healing, hope, and education around topics of rescue and growth. Our prayer for this series is that it illuminates a deeper understanding of struggles within and around us, as well as God's profound love and redemptive light in Jesus Christ. Well, hi, my name is Mark Davis. I serve as one of the pastors of Park City Presbyterian Church. And we wanna welcome you to another episode of Deep Light. We're in the middle of a series on sex and sexuality. And therefore, if you didn't know that and you're just tuning in and you're in carpool and you've got little ones, just you might wanna pause for a little bit later um, because we're gonna talk about the beauty of God's design for sex. We're gonna talk about the reality of this gift that he's given us and how like all the gifts he's given us, We have a real enemy who roams around like a roaring lion seeking to devour and has done great damage in this area, so much so that often the church is uncomfortable or unwilling to talk about this. And certainly we need to do it in the right way, through the right venue, but we need to talk about it. We need to see the beauty of what God's Word says, uh, to elevate it in the way in which God would want us to, as well as to see the protection that we need and how we deal with the brokenness that exists. So in this series, uh, which um, is gonna cover a lot of different things, we're gonna be talking to real people, some who are doctors, who have a lot of thoughts about it, others who have been trained as educators. Many are just people in the body of Park City's Presbyterian Church who are willing to share their stories and their love for the Lord and how God has continued to redeem them. So we welcome you to this episode. Uh, today, I'm grateful to have dear friends here, Ruth and Stephen Meek, who are gonna share a bit of their story and their journey. And really the passion that god's given them on this subject and how he's used them to encourage a lot of different people from those who are about to get married to those who've been married a while so thank you guys for your willingness to spend some time together a yeah fantastic Glad well to be with you i i know um, we met not long after i came to the church which was back in january of 2003 and you had kids who were young. We may have had four to,
1: teenagers at that point.
0: No, you still had the little ones. Oh, wasn't Anna, quite, Louise. Yeah, Anna, Anna Louise. Yeah, she wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. Um, but I remember my very first Sunday here, there was a class that was taking place taught by Tim Tinsley, You know, our dear friend who's gone on to be with the Lord. And it was a big Sunday school class. I think maybe all the classes were joining as in this one combined thing for two or three weeks. And the title of the class was Sex as an Act of Worship. I'd never heard that title. I had never been in a church where they were going to talk about it. And I was blown away by the number of people that packed into the fellowship hall. And Tim, in his own charismatic way, was, you know, very compelling. But I remember thinking, the church doesn't talk about this very much. So I want to start there. You guys have a passion for this subject. And Ruth, I'm going to start with you. What made you, what what gave you this burden that we need to really elevate this gift that God's given us and understand it through a biblical lens so that people can truly live in the freedom that God's given them and experience healing if brokenness has happened, which it has to all of us one way or another. So what's how did that burden start?
2: Well, it started through my speaking ministry called mm-hmm. Redeeming um, Messages.
0: Redeeming Messages.
2: Redeeming Messages. Okay. So I have four topics I speak on, Christmas etiquette, silence, and sex. Okay, so
0: before we get to sex, which is what most people are listening for, um, etiquette. So when we first moved here, I remember hearing that you did this thing on etiquette. To this <laughs> you day- You sent your interns to me. <laughs> to, I, I remember that. They needed it. <laughs> they, they really did. To this day, that placemat where you oh, have yeah. all the I rules and all of a sudden is still in our home. Is it? And I actually- Still reference it at times, depending on who I'm you going need to be with. Have, have <laughs> children. Yeah. About
2: this time of year, I'll usually get a call or two from a frantic mother who realizes she has out-of-town company for Thanksgiving, and knows her children eat like animals <laughs> yeah. because no one's having family dinner anymore. Yeah, yeah. so, I'm, so okay, I've made so a few house calls. But so that that took me to so the Christmas message was clearly cyclical. So mm-hmm. I get a lot of demand for that at a particular time of year. And then the silence message um, was kind of a spring, you know, silent workshops, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And um, uh, sex was the one that was just seasonless. Yeah. So I really kind of zeroed in on that and focused on that. And the way I prepare, I just get calls from Christian women's clubs and churches. And so the way I prepare, because I'm a teacher, I like to read and learn and then just tell you what I learned, I just read, 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 and Mm -hmm. then Review what I read and tell you what I learned. So the sex one got to be, and I, at that time I was only speaking to women.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what time period is this? Like This what years? is
2: like 25 years ago. Okay. A, about when I started, and I called it Redeeming Shulamite. Okay. Based on the woman in Solomon, I mean, in the Song of Solomon, whose name you don't know because it would be defiling to know mm-hmm. her name. You just know she's from that part of town. Yeah. But it was based on that. And it was really a funny message. It was really you have to be funny talking about sex because yeah, it feels is feel so uncomfortable. It's I mean, awkward. It's awkward yeah. for everybody. We all feel mm-hmm. so vulnerable, and um, you know, sex is private, not secret. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm the older woman, to almost everybody I speak to, it's really a, a an obedience thing to the call to older women to teach the younger how to love their husbands, to love their husbands. So because many husbands do feel loved by sex. And that's something that, you know, in every decade of your marriage, there are particular things that come against that part of your relationship and different reasons why you want to, it's more important than ever to stay one. So every age group is interested in that message. But it's, it's a fun, light message. But one of my daughters challenged me one time. She said, Mom, do you know how much sexual abuse there is even in the church? And it really, anyway, we started that conversation. Should you, you owe it to these women you talk to who think you really know something um, to really understand what happens to a woman in particular who's experienced childhood sexual abuse. So that started me on a journey. And then at the same time, one of our other children was a student at DTS, the Rachel Hopkins. So Rachel invited me to attend some classes with her. And then that just started a relationship with DTS. And then Dr. Gary Barnes kind of, mentored me a little bit. So I took several courses at Dallas Theological Seminary just to, so I could feel like I really knew something more than just what I could glean from books for my audiences. So that just, it just really set me on a course to read and study and, and think deeply about things that maybe a sexual therapist thinks about a lot, but because she's got a long list of clients, um, doesn't maybe have time to read and think about. Mm -hmm. So Mary Flo helped me. I kind of got down on myself for a while thinking, why does somebody want to come hear me? I'm not a professional, I don't have credentials, I don't have degrees, whatever. She said, well, you've got time Mm -hmm. that they don't have because they've got this client load. Mm -hmm. So now I just like to come alongside people as they ask and let's go take a walk and Mm -hmm. talk. And I know a lot of people to refer. I'm not a therapist. In fact, I like to deal with marriages where you just want to go from good to great, you know. Yeah. Maybe one wheel's fallen off. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. if you're really in trouble, there are so many excellent Christian counselors out there to
0: help. And let's we'll talk about that in a minute. But let's let's go back. You know, to to be a well-informed person who has a gift for teaching, who sees something that's broken, um, that could be, uh, you know, just completely transformed if a person just understood a little bit more. That's gifts God's given you. And so often, we definitely need to send people or ourselves go to counselors to get help or see pastors. But when the body itself of believers is more informed, really understands the truth of what scriptures say about things, that's a critical part of how we encourage one another. So you you started this ministry, you started these four talks. At some point, you knew one of them was gonna be on sex. Um, so Stephen, I wanna ask you this, when she, Comes to you and says, "Hey, I think I'm gonna do this." You know, what, were your, what was your that? reaction there?
1: Well, <laughs> if it was first one. of all, I'm always a willing complicit partner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know and you then, wanted to say that. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, and then you know that I, I, she would come home after a talk, and I say, "Well, you know, if you walk the talk, the talk, you have to walk the <laughs> walk." So I don't want to hear about <laughs> much your, your, your uh, audiences. <laughs> Enjoyed that, I wanna, I wanna hear about it. So yeah. anyway, I, I would say that I'm interested in sex. I have been since I've been young.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I was exposed to it very early mm-hmm. in a large nine children Roman Catholic family and living in Huntington Beach, California. It was just sort of the wild late 60s, early 70s. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: to move to a place where within our, our love and our marriage to experience the gift of sexual intimacy without the shame, without the guilt, within the context of our relationship, Um, it's a topic I'm interested in. I've always been interested in it, Mm -hmm. but being interested in it as a follower of Christ is transformative,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's not You know, there would be a point in my life where I'd say, well, if you're a Christian and you're dealing with sex, then that's basically one of the big no's. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to enjoy your life as much when really it's uh, the opportunity to to experience the most wonderful, deep sexual enjoyment within the context of that Christian marriage was something I wanted. And we had, and we had sort of naturally, and I would say Ruth is a lifelong learner, like her mother, Who's ninety four, going on ninety five? Mm-hmm. Who today is probably writing or sculpting or painting? Mm-hmm. Ruth is that way. She mm-hmm. loves projects. She has topics. We have lots of books in our house. You think you you're two learn, professors? You're we love to read, mm-hmm. but she's a lifelong learner. So she's not maybe a credential professor on this topic, but someone who's interested in the topic and has studied it, mm-hmm. and she shares what she learned, her resources. So yeah. that's the gift there. And you know, we we love each other. We enjoy the physical intimacy, but we also know within the context of a relationship, there are peaks and valleys. There are times of great attraction. And there are times where you're going to have to have a dialogue and work through some disagreements, maybe even forgiveness or you know, admitting to something that can bring you closer where sex becomes a balm. It's a it's a mm-hmm. healer. Yeah. It's part of that. So God provides that for our he made us one, right? Mm-hmm. It's the garden. We have this marriage, and the, someone once said the scriptures is marriage from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And we're in that 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 path within the scriptures of redemptive history, mm-hmm. and want to pursue oneness. That that's what God provided in marriage. That's what we want to experience. And something shallow, something vapid, superficial. That's not anything we ever wanted. If you go back to Letters we'd write each other when we first were dating. yeah it was all about we want to go deep with each other. we want to really get to know each other, love each other. It's lasted now 37 and a half years so yeah, it's, beautiful. it's working.
0: yeah well that's so I love where you started you know you go back every person period has some understanding or lack of understanding about sex usually formed at a pretty young age. And a lot of times that can be really bad it could bad be bad sources bad sources yep. it could be exposed to things you know um could be parents not explaining anything to um exposing them to things that they shouldn't say there's just the world in which we live in because of the fall going all the way back to genesis 3 we see the way in which the enemy has sought to really destroy to pervert to confuse people as it relates to sex and sexuality we're, we're just that's our experience.
1: I like what C.S. Lewis describes in his space trilogy that the person that is the spiritual, the, the, the person in control of the world, not in control, but was put here originally that way, Satan, he's called, called the bent one. And the, and the world is the silent planet, his first book, out of the silent planet. Yeah. Why? It, they're, not, they're not in communication with the rest of the world, the rest of the universe, because of the fact they've been closed off because of the rebellion on the mm-hmm. planet. So that's science fiction. Right. But the truth about bent, I thought about that where you stick like a, a stick in a in water and it sort of looks crooked. We can take the straightest thing in the world and mm-hmm. somehow cause it to be marred or bent or what yeah. have you. And sex is a great area where we've done that.
0: Well, and, and there's so much power in sex, you know, and that's the reason we're doing this series, you know? And we actually started with Dr. Gary Barnes. If you're just watching this now, you might go back and watch that very first episode because what he desires to do, what you desire, or we desire to do is to show what is God's design. Everything God designed, he designed right and beautiful and perfect. It's been marred by the fall. And so how do we experience the brokenness of that? There are many ways, and there are gonna be many different episodes on deep light, not just about sex that deal with the brokenness of our own sin and fallenness, but where we find hope and redemption in Jesus Christ, our Lord. But one of the things that happens is often the church is just silent on it. We just, you don't talk about it. You know, maybe you have a little bit in a premarital class, and maybe if your marriage is in trouble, you talk about it. But in terms of saying, well, how do we really think not just about the broken elements of that, but also helping people see the beauty of it, what it can be for couples who are married. Um, How do we think about it? And then I love what Gary Barnes said, how do people who are single think about it? This is really important for all of us because we are a body and we are united, I think is significant. So I would love to, to kind of pick up there. And I'm gonna start though with the brokenness. So when you think about young couples that are heading towards marriage, what would you say they need to be concerned about in regards to um, just maybe thoughts they have about sex, things that they might be thinking of that just aren't necessarily right, that maybe they're focusing on things that they, they think it's this way, but it's not this way, you know, et cetera. Ruth, what would you say? What are things that you see you're like, these are, these are things they need to be concerned about or red flags that they need to pay attention to? Um, I
2: think to, make sure that young couples know that mismatched desire or desire discrepancy is normal. Explain that a little bit. Um, There will, not always, but almost always, there's a higher desire partner. And it doesn't mean the high desire partner is out of order or out of line, or the lower desire partner is not thinking highly enough of the marriage bed. It's just the way we are. It's like one is a spender and one's a saver. One's sentimental, one's a tosser. Right. It's just like that. So I think very rarely have I seen that in marriage books or in marriage classes that you just know going in, and then because that marriage is a little bit of negotiating, you know, in so many ways within your covenant. Right. So if you just know going in, this is what's here, and the lower desire partner therefore has the leverage to to not in any way ever allow that to become a manipul- manipulative tool. But to only love, to love. And then the goal is, as you get later and later in your marriage, the, the discrepancy gets less and less. But it's there. And it's typically still, I find in my friendships and talking to people, and certainly the things I read, it's typically still more husbands have the higher desire. Okay, So then you just ask, well, what is the theology of desire discrepancy? Why would God have wired that in? to marriage. And I think if you start to just unpack it, um, it clearly teaches you a lot about yourself and it teaches you a lot about the pursuing love of God. And there's so much to be learned from um, you know giving to the other, the, the higher desire person giving up their right to sex, the lower desire person giving when it's not really exactly what she had in mind. And I, I think that's, that's a dance you do, and it's, I think if you just know going in, it's not a manipulation, it's really the way God wired it, and I think it just forces a, a desire to communicate. But then that takes you to the next problem, or if we didn't have a problem communicating, we wouldn't have the problem. But talking about your sexual relationship is very awkward for couples, all couples. And um, that's something that a sex therapist, if you were to go to therapy, would help you just develop a language. You know, name your body parts, give them silly names if you need to. Maybe,
1: maybe draw an arrow or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Drawing I mean, women body. in particular are typically modest. You know, we're trained to be modest and not to show all and tell all and say all. Right. So all of a sudden, you're in a d- different place. And but women have got to learn to develop their voice, literally and figuratively, to to be able to say what they want and what they need. And that's hard for young brides.
0: So I've done a ton of weddings, which means I did a lot of premarital counseling. I have my own premarital counseling with Christina. And when we were in that, this is in the 90s, 1990, or 91, I remember, oh, you know what today's topic is. She's like, yes, I know what today's (laughs) topic is. And we're going in to talk to our pastor about this. And we knew him well. Um, his wife wasn't a part of the conversation, which probably would have been helpful actually. But here we are. And he's like, Any questions? It's <laughs> kind of what he started with. He's like, I have a lot of questions. She puts her hand on my leg, <laughs> like, okay, don't, don't, you yeah. know. And yeah. I remember him saying a few things. It was somewhat helpful, but more than anything, we just wanted to get through that hour and then move on. Though we had deep desire for one another physically. Nobody ever said anything like you just said about mid- mismatched desires and what to do because what you explained so well is marriage is about dying to self. You know, it is for both. It's it's this sense of modeling what Christ has done for us. I need to die to myself sometimes when I have a desire and she's not there or not in the mood. She needs to die to herself sometimes when she's not in the mood. And, and you just said that so well. But sometimes um, people don't think rightly about that. And all of a sudden, it becomes she doesn't find me attractive, or I am rejected. Right, you know, and those kinds of things begin to build yes. kind of seeds of bitterness that can right. harden, which ultimately is the enemy's goal. If I can destroy exactly. something that's so powerful right. in the human relationship between one man and one woman, husband and wife in marriage, then I've done a great work. Right. You know, see, it, that's it, Mark. It's it's what you attribute it to.
2: Right. It's not the dis. The the um, mismatch here, yeah. or the discrepancy, it's when the wife, let's say the lower, she's the lower desire, attributes to him. Well, you must be watching it porn again, or you must be looking at girls at your office, or you must be you are so horny all the time. What's wrong with you? So she's attributing all these negative things, or he's saying to attributing to her. Well, you're just frigid, or you're just. Uh, you know, what's wrong with you? What's, or why do you, why are you rejecting me? They're all false attributions. It's nothing but a, it's a biological thing that they then ascribe something different to. And that's where you really get into trouble, yeah. you know? And yes, Satan can have a picnic of with that. Of course. Them.
0: And then, and then you, you don't, you know, you don't really know who to talk to. Right. And to call a sex therapist, I mean, it's one thing to call a therapist, not to call a sex therapist. A, or to buy a book. You know, I remember, I don't even think we were told to read a book. Then I remember when books started coming out that you could have, and I I remember one couple being like, I mean, where do we get it? Barnes and Nobles. Or you can go to the Christian bookstore. That's a little different than buying Desiring God. By John Piper, right? Right. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, here, it's a gift. You know, Amazon helps, and it has I guess. Yeah, pictures. Yeah, Amazon helps because you can have it delivered. The just
1: looked at the pictures. Yeah.
0: But the reality is, it just shows still how uncomfortable things really? were and how much the enemy has done it versus, okay, look, in normal yeah. relationships, in God's normal design, this is a beautiful gift that he has given us people to experience oneness. You know, I want to talk about that in a minute oneness and what's that like. But because of our fallen nature and sin, that gets distorted in so many different ways. I know for my wife and I, and I can't wait for my kids to watch this. I know for my wife and I, you know, there could be a moment in the day where you know Christina's desires high, and she might even let me know that, which you know, certain things begin to happen in the man's mind, and I'm looking for the evening. But by the time I get home, <laughs> and <forgot>. they've had <laughs> she had to do bath time, she had to just like, she looks at me like. You know, I have no interest in that at all. And I don't even think I said that earlier. I'm like, no, you did. You know, it's like, (laughs) no, it's it's just not there. And to be hurt by that or disappointed by that can find a really significant derailing that then affects other parts of the relationship. And it shouldn't be that way. The church, the body of Christ needs to be able to talk about those in ways where it becomes more normal so that we understand, hey, this is how you walk through those things. This is how you die to self. This is how you find out the truth about what's what is stimulating if it's something that's inappropriate, as opposed to just having an imaginary conversation and assuming what might not be true.
1: You know, right. I want to let me let me say something. And really most of this time I'm hoping it's Ruth that's speaking. She's the one that's really spent the time and the work yeah. and preparing for classes and teaching. Yeah. You know, I think. When we bring up the subject of sex, I think we automatically just go right to the activity of sex, mm-hmm. which I, I think is a its a big mistake in that so much of the, you know, sex is pleasurable. Let's just get to it. Yeah. We want it. We like it. It feels good. It it, it creates a closeness and a oneness. Or It's a say this, very good it thing. Should, and then okay, it should. The,
0: yeah. Meaning that there are people okay. what, listening but, right now be like, oh, because of what happened but, to me, yeah. it's not pleasurable. But, but in well, its design, it's extreme pleasure. That's
1: right. But I like you use the word dance. You know, there's a there's a series of books I've read by Anthony Powell called A Dance to the Music of Time. And I love the, that title of that book, novel series, because that's how I see our marriage. It's been A Dance to the Music of Time. We've now spent a lot of time together. We both raised, had four children. We've raised them. They're having children. Our hair is getting gray. But face, it's been such a great dance. And sex is a dance. There's an exchange there. There's a partnership. There, But you don't just go right to the sex. You don't say, I, I can't walk in the door and just say, let's have intercourse right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's very selfish. That it, And it certainly would be not the best kind of sex because of the need to build up the warmth and the time needed for my wife to want to receive me. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a giving and there's a receiving. Right. And in one sense, physically, I'm the giver and she's the receiver. That's the way her body's made and that's the way my body. Now, sexually and in our relationship, it has to be a mutual giving and receiving, and hopefully you do it in the context of that dance. And it's, it, there is music there mm-hmm. because it's a beautiful experience. But there's a lot of non-sexual sex. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of preparation. So her warmth toward me and desire toward me would have had something to do with our conversation, how I talked to her. And maybe not even that day. Voice. Maybe in the day, maybe something before, else. Right? Right. And it were for negative is
2: three days before, not three minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and for negative, if it's negative, it's it's a very cold reception. Mm-hmm. It's like, no way, buddy. You know, unless we're going to talk about something here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, it can start with putting gas in her car. It can start with bringing something to her, a gift or a book or a good word. All of that is or leading just up. Yes, all mm-hmm. these ways that are so they're non-sexual. So ninety-five percent of this sexual relationship is made up of non-sexual uh, exchanges that lead to the desire, because you have to have desire. Obviously, if the man doesn't have desire; he's not going to perform. The woman, you know, she, she's going to take time to get there. So
2: it's all um, about communicating. So it, it's so much about
1: communicating. So I think works. the important thing is that a very thing is. To be aware of who my wife is, not just physical needs, mm-hmm. but all of the other needs, how am I doing there? Mm-hmm. It forces you to be a better husband. Mm-hmm. You don't want a crabby wife who doesn't want to have sex with you. You're going to have to invest in communicating and giving and showing love and being loving and all those things. And many times it's not natural perhaps for us. It's not the house we grew up. I didn't grow up in a house where I think I heard my parents tell me they loved me once, you Mm -hmm. know, growing up, that was just our big house. Right. But I wanted something different in my marriage. And one of the attractive things I had, I felt toward Ruth is just that sense of of love and warmth and pursuing that kind of relationship that I, I really cared for and desired. And I think that what the Lord wants.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about oneness. Somebody's listening or watching, and they hear us, and they're and they're Christians, or if they're wondering what Christians think about sex and marriage, oneness is such a critical theological understanding mm. that is not just about the moment of intercourse. That's right, and that's really what you're saying what is saying. that yeah. when we become husband and wife, um, we die to self. You know, there is a union that exists, and the scriptures talk about the mystical union that exists between Christ and his church, which is an ongoing union. So a couple is one. Oneness exists, not just in the bedroom. Um, At the moment of intercourse, it is a oneness that is to exist at all times where the husband is loving his wife the way he's supposed to, and the wife is loving her husband the way we're supposed to. Let's talk about that theme. Let's talk about that theme of oneness for a little bit and how beautiful that is and how missed that is, even within the context of Many Here. people's minds who are Christians. Let
1: me make just one point. So, on my wedding ring is engraved the words, hearts knit together in Christ. So, we're taking the Colossians 2 2 verse, hearts knit together in love. Christ. So, hearts knit together in Christ. Mm-hmm. Just to remind me, I'm in this, I have this oneness. Mm-hmm. So, if I want to stray off this way or mentally or any other way away from this relationship, I'm not maintaining.
0: Yeah. It that. Damages. There's a wake of destruction when that happens.
1: Right. But we're, we have a propensity in this bent world, as C.S. Lewis called it, yeah. that we, we divert off what we know we should do and how we should be. But in but in, if I move toward the oneness then I'm having to pour out love in a lot of non-sexual ways in order to prepare that marriage better that intimacy that would be just a, a great experience. I mean, the sexual act itself, that's the consummation yeah. of all that non-sexual like the communication of that we've the had. Oneness. Yes, it's the
2: the right. They're all. Sex is just a fo- another form of communicating. So mm-hmm. if the if the marriage, if our earthly marriage is a is a temporal sign of our eternal marriage to Christ, God teaches the un, the eternal, the unseen, with the seen that we have here on earth. That that physical act of the two becoming one, the act of marriage, is what the church used to call intercourse. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the. That's the consummation. Like that's the, and we all will be have that kind of consummation experience with Christ somehow. That's mm-hmm. part of the mystical union when He mm-hmm. returns again, mm-hmm. you know, to take His bride. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's called a just, climax,
1: like the word just, climax in a novel. It's all sexual or language,
2: yeah. but it's just we either make too much of sex or we don't make enough of sex. Right. It's kind of like what people do with Satan, his right. interference in their right. lives. But to not see the sexual language in the Bible when it defines or describes our covenant with him mm-hmm. using the covenant of marriage that's to to me is one of the greatest benefits of being married. I mean I do have friends that are single and they have really lovely close walks with the Lord. But they just focus more on God is their shepherd, God is their protector, God is their it's just not God as lover. Mm-hmm. So those of us who are married really just have another yet another avenue to really mm-hmm. have that deep knowledge and understanding of the union. But um On the oneness concept, I think uh, there is an overemphasis on orgasm in marriage. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Barnes, I don't know if he said this last week or not when you interviewed him, but he uh, has a funny line in class It's the big O of marriage is not orgasm, it is oneness. This is when he was teaching sex. I don't think he said that. I think I would have
0: remembered. Um, (laughs) Maybe we'll have another interview. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I love that line. I've heard you say that before when you've taught. And I think it's powerful because what it does is it elevates this union beyond the bed. It elevates this union even beyond the, I'm gonna serve my wife, love my wife, hope that this will help her desire me and be in the mood. But then after the climax, after that, that moment that's very powerful, the oneness continues. The way in which we continue to serve one another Continue right. to love one another right. in things that are not sexual
2: exactly. but
0: are very powerful right. has a lot to do it
2: does but that particular form of communication that type of of physical sexual intimacy is particularly significant because not just of the spiritual significance of it, but there is not another person on this earth you could share that with yeah. if you're rightly you know connected to your spouse and it's also you know when you think of the um the marriage covenant when you've got a Christian man and a Christian woman coming together in marriage, so they both both are already indwelt by the Spirit, they come together and it's just this melding of, it's the 3D sex that Dr. Douglas Rosnell, a, a great author and he's now died but talks about a lot, that the world has no idea what God really intended for sex, that just like you can't really have a true marriage unless you've got two unlike things coming together, mm-hmm. male and female is mm-hmm. how it created them. They come together in that ultimate union. And then when you you experience the eternality of the Trinity at that same time, it just adds a dimension to the marriage bed that the world doesn't know. Christian Christian women should be having the best sex on the
0: planet. That'd probably be a book title that Seriously. might sell. Um, but, th- but it's true, here's why. If in our church we use the Westminster Confession of Faith as a system of doctrine that helps us understand what the word of God says it's rich it's it's old then it has two catechisms a larger one and a shorter one the shorter one's designed to teach children about God the very first question is what what is the chief end of man you know what is the chief end of man what's the purpose of man and the answer is to glorify God and enjoy him forever mm-hmm. that statement is rich and beautiful, and y'all know it. You taught it mm-hmm. to your children. We taught it to our children. We teach it to the children of our church. But that's not just a cliche. It's something that then goes on to every part of life. Yes. So the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The chief end of marriage is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The chief end of serving one another is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The chief end of sex is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The enjoy him forever. Now. Mm. You know, I don't start the romantic night with my wife with those words. That would probably not <laughs> reciting go really well. the Westminster no, Confession no, doesn't that's not gonna arouse really her. be stimulating. <laughs> but the truth is, when we're living in the best possible way, abiding in Christ, where that union exists, and we keep our mindset centered on this, then the reality is, Christian women and Christian men should be having better sex than anyone in the world because it's focused on the gift that God has right. given to help us glorify him right. and enjoy him forever.
2: And you just reminded me of something, you know, that great uh, verse in Hebrews about keeping the marriage bed undefiled, mm-hmm. I think it's Hebrews three, I'm not sure, but anyway, the first phrase in that, I think we forget, it's to honor, the, for, the, for marriage to be honored by all mm-hmm. and the bed undefiled. Well, a way to honor God is to use the marriage bed the way he intended. There's a verse in the Talmud that says, God will hold us accountable for every permissible pleasure we omit. Well, the pleasure intended for women and men in the marriage bed is something that we should not just shrug our shoulders about. its It has so many benefits, not just the obvious ones, mm-hmm. but nobody will ever know what goes on in your bedroom, hopefully. But I think the world can see the overflow of a Christian couple who has a healthy sexual exchange. You know, I'm sure you you know what I mean. I don't know how to describe that necessarily, but you can tell.
0: But you can, when when a relationship, you know, a marriage isn't going well, you know, almost always one of the ways to find out is just tell me about your intimacy right. and counselors do that pastors will right. do that yes and rarely is well that part of our life's going really well oh, yeah. and Doesn't a lot of times it broke a long long time right. ago and it's either used as a weapon you yes. know to hold or giving me abuse but the reality is that's a telltale sign that the oneness right. is broken not just in the bedroom but it's broken in other parts of the marriage right. as well and God has the power to restore I think i might have cut you off but no,
2: no, you didn't. I just I mean you're not gonna have a better sex life than you have a communication life. It's because it's another statement. it's an, uh, it's just a form. Say that again.
0: You're not gonna you, have a better sex life than you have a better communication right. life. Right.
2: Your sex will not be any better than your communication in other ways. So maybe, you know, the first step is to work on how you just talk to one another at breakfast. Yeah. You know. But it's it's not a magic wand, but it's something that and you can have an okay you can have a roommate. You can there are a lot of couples that, that are in no sex marriages mm-hmm. Christian couples yeah either low sex or no sex and they're just fine with that they have just accepted that I don't think that's God's design no. I don't think that's God, God's intention for human flourishing and I think we just need we need to encourage one another to love and good works we need no. to be stirred up and reminded and it is important it's important to God yeah. there's so much um, in the Bible about it. So the fact that we don't, well, we are starting to talk about it. So that's the good news. But now we need to learn to talk appropriately. And that's hard. That's kind of where the church is now. Yeah. Like having this conversation now, we would not have had this maybe five years ago.
0: And I think one of the reasons it it needs, <clears throat> it should have always been happening, but it needs to happen now is because of the confusion that exists and then the amount of information that exists. And then you yes. talked earlier about expectations so you think about couples that are now married are about to get married they're younger what all have they seen what all maybe have they experienced some maybe a lot maybe not as much but so many different messages coming at them that I think it's more more important than ever to say okay as as much as you've seen or heard or experienced you really need to know what God's design is and God's design is beautiful mm. and it is the best and it is it is remarkable it's worth studying and understanding and that's talking right. about you don't have to get specific about a lot of things just to understand the reality of oh this is something that God's given us to experience together as husband and wife as long as he keeps us this side of heaven on earth that's that's a really remarkable thing and it shouldn't be. It should not be, oh, gosh, we got to go talk to so-and-so about this for one hour this week. Um, it shouldn't. It should but, be. But, you know,
2: you asked earlier about what would you tell couples just getting married. Mm-hmm. Most of those couples, whether whether one or both, are recreational porn users or think they are, and one is actually addicted and doesn't even know that he or she is, porn has played such a big role in most of today's 20-somethings yeah. that, the job almost for them in pre-marriage counseling is some retraining. Yeah. I mean, you can't just erase the tapes, but sexual experience does not equal um, sexual maturity or yeah. wisdom. Yeah. You, could have ha- you could have been having sex from the time you're 12 years old, and think you or all that, that you know everything, and you don't know anything, because mm-hmm. you were playing around with something that is not really what God intends sex to be. Mm-hmm. So they're totally different things. It's two-dimensional sex, not three-dimensional. And I mean, animals have sex. This mm-hmm. is not, sex for God's people is not a biological issue. Mm-hmm. It is a spiritual and emotional and physical. It's, it's so much more than anything that the pornographic world, which is what today's youth kind of uses as their sex ed. Mm-hmm. Um, so There's a lot of retraining. It can be done, but um, that's... Well, Sorry, that just occurred to let's, me. Let's talk
0: about this for a minute. So we have premarital, you know, a husband, a fiancé, you know, woman and man about to get married. They have some exposure, perhaps some that's just been wanted and sought after, some that wasn't. You know, there could be a whole host of things. We've got to talk about it, though. So like in my premarital counseling, it used to be here's kind of the Talk, what did y'all learn? I would ask a little bit about experience. Now, I realize a lot of times, they've never even had this conversation with one another. And he or she, but usually he has a history with pornography and things that they didn't know anything about. And all of a sudden, this is a different dynamic because she begins to wonder, well, am I ever gonna measure up, right? All sorts of things. There's ways in which we, we take that on and can be very, very helpful and you're going to hear some of that on the deep light podcast through this series powerful work of the holy spirit to sure. deliver and set free from those yes. things that have not been what right. was pleasing to god right. and therefore damaging to the relationship yes. and to be really clear though you know a lot of people will be like i'm never going to go see a counselor and talk about that okay well let's stop let's let's talk about why why would you not do that i mean if some other part of your life is really broken you know why wouldn't you do that and I wanna really help people uh, move away from the, the fear or shame about what that would look like. I'm so grateful that we have Christian counselors. Your daughter's a Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. so grateful for the the women and men who God's gifted to do that. And people need to know that they're not sitting there in that room waiting to judge you. Right. They went into that feeling called by God to help. And this is one of those areas though, where I think people would be like, Ugh. We could talk about finances. We can talk yeah. about you know, who does this in the house versus that, but that, and I think we need to really help people realize, yeah. no, no, this is important. Go to a, yeah. a marriage and family therapist. If they feel like you need to go to a sex therapist, that's something that can right. be later, but that's probably not for most people right. where it's gonna start. Would you agree? Absolutely. So that's one example mm-hmm. of what they could do. And I would say it's really important to understand like, where do we really need guidance? Like in Mm -hmm. other words, we start something like that, maybe we really need somebody to help us and guide us through that. So Mm -hmm. it's not just us making it up as we go. But the oneness can be present even as you're going down that journey. I don't mean necessarily physical intimacy yet, but the oneness of we're in this together. Like this part Mm -hmm. of our marriage is actually not bringing glory to God. Mm -hmm. And if we're not bringing glory to God, there's something wrong.
2: Right, and just because they both agreed, okay, we're 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 cool with not having sex. I I still think they're they're just missing. Um, that's not flourishing. Yeah. they're they that's not glorifying to God necessarily because mm-hmm. there's no enjoyment in that aspect of their marriage. And but I there's there are
1: exceptions. So the scripture provides yeah, that sure. exception that to separate for a period to pray. So really, the intention is not to separate because there's a— Coldness, and you want to maintain, you know, go in one corner, and the other person goes, "Yeah." It's really to separate, to be reflective, and to take God's word, and through the Holy Spirit, come to some, some, uh, not necessarily an epiphany, but some greater knowledge of what you must do in your relationship to cause it to come back in more intimacy. So we, because we you have say, this allowance,
0: when you say in most cases. You know, it's 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 not really a physical intimacy problem. It's it, not. It's that's going to be something underneath. So if I was actually asked the question: anger,
1: anger. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the greatest deterrents of yeah. a sexual intimacy. Yeah,
0: and, and exhaustion. You know, which could be you know truly just physical exhaustion, exhaustion is right? Or it mean, could be crazy. I'm exhausted because of stress, right? But or anxiety. My, my it could be financial more stress. For it could that be,
2: category of people who yeah. are in the category of indifferent. Yeah. Okay? If you've grown indifferent, that's where we just need some teaching. We mm-hmm. need some. We need to stir each other
0: up to help and Talk uh, a little bit about what dr. Gary Barnes is, has done and the the Institute um, that can be a fabulous yes step forward. Yes he talked about it a little bit.
2: Well, the Institute for Sexual Wholeness is a credentialing organization where people interested in <clears throat> like a, a marriage and family therapist, for instance, would go there and get all her additional training or his additional training to become a a certified sex therapist, but all, lay people can also take courses there, which is, well, well I took did. mine at DTS, but um, there's also an arm called the Christian Association of Sexual Educators, which is where I got a lot of my training. And there are just amazing resources and courses there for people interested in knowing more, knowing about God's design, and um, usually what gets you in the door is some area of brokenness mm-hmm. you know, that you're trying to address, which is completely fine. right? But it's it's just a great resource. Um,
1: and they're and, relocating here, I believe. Yes, they have right. been Come in Atlanta
2: Dallas. now. It's coming to Dallas. So that'll be a wonderful resource for our churches. Um, to Just find out what curriculum is appropriate for you know, a church group. And I don't know what all Gary has in store, but I bet it's exciting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, given just, this topic.
2: To, well, just oh. try. No pun intended there, but I think... You know, just trying to stay a- ahead of the of the brokenness in the culture, yeah, you know, for the church to spend some time and focus on that which is good, the marriage bed, rather than constantly trying to stay abreast of the yeah. latest broken, you know crazy sexual thing, I think is a good activity for the church, for some part of us in the church, which is where I feel called. Yeah, I don't feel particularly called to help in the areas of known, I'm not not a therapist. I'm more of a a cheerleader. I'm an encourager, a teacher. uh, Hey, let's be proactive and learn some of these things so that maybe we can keep the wheels on.
0: Well, I think that's critical and we'll wrap up with this, but here's the deal. Brokenness is reality. It's the fall and we all feel it. And there's no, in my opinion, there's no greater evidence of the enemy's work in the last many decades than in the area of sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And what is available instantly on this, how it's on I hit my phone, um, and everywhere else, and all the secrecy that people can have, it, the, the horrific destruction is, is very apparent. And people have experienced it. There's gonna be people listening to this who have had horrific exposure or horrific things done to them that is nothing more than grave sexual sin and abuse. And and listening to this is hard. Some of them have never even told somebody. They're living in great horror of that. We have to engage that. We've gotta help people. But we can't just fix our eyes on embracing the broken and and helping them battle through that. We've gotta also elevate the beauty of the design, which is what we're- And celebrate it. And celebrate it, yeah, it's a great way of saying it. And that's important. And the enemy doesn't want that to happen. He loves that the brokenness exists.
1: He'll keep you there too. Absolutely, he'll put you there, and then he'll accuse you for being there, right. and he'll shame you for being there. And then he'll try to tell you you're probably not a Christian because you're there, right. and then you're stuck. Right. And to get unstuck, you do need to move to what's the positive, what purpose behind this oneness, behind this sexual intimacy, and focus on that. You know, I am my beloveds, and my beloved is mine start from there and what at every level try to build the love within that I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. Christ is in the middle. He's restoring that which is broken. We know since the fall. yeah, We're dealing with the damage, but we can't just spend all of our time picking up the fractured pieces on mm-hmm. the ground. We must focus on how do we have oneness in this relationship or you it's know, just one at a time. Where am I falling? Where is it that I can pursue my wife? How is it that I can understand her better, love my husband better, and lead to that physical intimacy, which is a natural, it's organic. It yeah. comes out of the closeness that's the non-sexual yeah. part of your
0: relationship. And one thing that, we'll wrap up with this, one thing I think is important is that so much more help is available now. Whether it's small groups, like we have a men's integrity group at the church, we have a group for women, and they're all over the city in different ways. There's counselors that are available that can specialize in this. All those things are really important because the, the, um, the depth of shame or embarrassment or fear, or I don't think Mark should even be having a conversation with people about this that's on the internet, um, that needs to go away. And we, we need to understand how important it is to walk along alongside one another. And there are there's a series of episodes that we're doing on this subject. And it's powerful uh, when you hear an individual talk about how the Lord really did pick them up in those broken pieces. Mm -hmm. And you hear that, you're gonna hear that from individuals who are Mm -hmm. still single, from couples that have walked through it. Some couples that appear to be like, nothing's ever been wrong, but then they begin to express to others what's happening. And then you realize, you know, there's no temptation that has seized us except what is common to man. And the Lord's faithful. He will provide a way out and he can bring us A long distance from that which has been so broken whether by what's been done to us or what we chose to do I'm really grateful for the two of you just your willingness to talk about this the passion God's given you to talk about this I know it won't be the last time and I know you know if you're watching or listening and you're part of our church or Dallas I know that the two of you desire to walk alongside anybody that needs help so that's Something you desire, reach out to our church. You can reach us at deeplight at pcpc.org. You can also call us at 214 224 2500. If there's anything you would like some uh, help with, care for, or questions you have, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, Ruth and Stephen, along with other members of our church, would be delighted to walk alongside you and care in any way they can.
2: Remember, sex is private, not secret.
0: Yeah, it's a good line. It is private, <laughs> but not secret. I didn't coin that, that's Douglas. Yeah, we've had some good lives. Most of yeah, what I'm we say, about. we just
1: rip off from somebody else. There's another source
0: involved. Well, I am very <laughs> grateful for the two of you. And I'm really grateful for you listening in. God bless you. And i um, look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for listening to the Deep Light Podcast from Park City's Presbyterian Church. We would love for you to be our guest this Sunday morning as we gather together for worship at 8, 9.30, or 11 a.m. We are located in the Uptown Dallas area at the corner of Oaklawn Avenue and Wycliffe Avenue. To find out more, please visit pcpc.org.